0: Good evening. Uh looks like we do have uh, Dr. Dan Kessler here. Hello Dan. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? All right. So I know we are uh we recorded our French Open podcast uh some time back and then we are at the uh, men's semi-final which is uh we'll start in a few hours with uh, Alcaraz and Djokovic and then we have Zverev and Rudd and then we also have the women's singles. Uh, final set between uh, Suyatek and uh, Haddad. But what I wanted to talk about today was uh, something that shook the golf industry on um, Tuesday, I believe, when the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour uh, merged, uh, along with the DP World Tour as well. So what I wanted to do quickly today was to touch upon the um, the merger and the implications of what uh, holds for golf. So maybe um, Dan, uh, I just want to set the stage for the listeners about what happened uh, with Live Golf. Back in 2021, um, the Live Golf Tour uh, came into existence under uh, Greg Norman, uh, backed by the uh, Public Investment Fund uh, which is a Saudi-backed league. And a lot of players, uh, including Phil Mickelson, Kepka, DeChambeau, Ian Poulter, uh, Baba Watson, uh, just to name a few, uh, got huge prize monies uh, to go to the Live Golf Tour. Uh, The PGA did suspend a lot of these players. Uh, They had to reapply, uh, although they did allow them to play in majors. So uh, money definitely talked, and a lot of the golfers went there. But meanwhile, uh, golfers like Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm stayed with the PGA Tour. Um, And what happened on Tuesday uh, when the entire PGA community has been uh, against the Live Golf Tour, uh, it came as a shock that they would merge with Live Golf. So I'm going to pause here and then get your initial thoughts and then maybe uh, we can just discuss what's next for golf uh, based on you know what we've been hearing so far there is still a lot of a lot of things up in the air but I wanted to get your initial thoughts on that Matt.
1: Yeah, I mean, my initial thoughts, much like much like you, were that uh, when I first heard about this on uh, Tuesday uh, as a headline, I thought maybe it was, uh, um, I had to check my watch to make sure it wasn't April 1st. I thought it was like a, maybe a, a, a bad attempt at an April Fool's joke. It was just unbelievable when I first heard the news. I, I just uh, did not see, uh, like 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 everyone in the media and everyone on the PGA Tour, for that matter, they were uh, blindsided um, by this uh, basically, it was a, a backdoor deal, it sounds like between uh, the, the commissioner of the PGA, uh, Jay Monahan and the Saudi um, head of the Saudi uh, uh, PIF uh, fund. Um, they, you know, details are still probably going to emerge over the next few weeks as to how this deal was negotiated. Um, and what the time, what the framework at the, and the timeline was of this, uh, working out of this deal. But, uh, it sounds like, uh, uh, nobody, uh, nobody saw this coming. It was completely kept secret. Um, so yeah, it was complete shock initially when I heard about this. Um, and, uh. Like a lot of people have said, uh, it was something that was gonna happen eventually. You know, they thought that the live tour would probably fold, would not stick around forever. but people probably projected two, three years down the road is when this kind of uh, merger or collaboration would take place, not um, not at this point. It was just too too early, too many, too much ill will, really still, I think, between the the two tours. Um, it's it seemed like. So um, yeah, so like I said, total shock. Um, I, I want to get your opinion, too, as to how you think this, uh, uh, what motivated this deal and how, how do you think it went down without letting any of the players know, without bringing other people in to kind of work things out with them as well?
0: Yeah, here's my uh, two cents to that for what it's worth, based on the articles that have been written, listening to uh, the radio, uh, the PGA radio today, a lot of Rory's comments uh, when he was at the Canadian Open Uh, how this went down. And you're absolutely right. Um, uh, There were a couple of meetings, maybe two to three meetings that happened between the PGA, uh, pretty much backdoor meetings uh, that happened with uh, the public investment fund. Um, It all came down, to me, it all came down to money. Money talks all the time. Uh, The Live Tour uh, gave a lot of money uh, to a lot of players. I mean, Phil Mickelson was... um, I think Lured from the PGA with like two hundred million dollars, uh, I believe, and same thing with Dustin Johnson around the one hundred fifteen million range, and I'm sure a lot of the other players got three figure, um, you know, millions, three figures and millions. The Live Golf Tour also gave the winner a four million dollar check, and the the uh, the last place finish was like one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Based on all the numbers I saw, the PGA was definitely um has since changed since the live golf tour came that the players got more money uh if there's anything that the live golf tour did was that the players in the pga uh got uh more money but one thing is very clear here uh money talks big and the pif also um has some dealings with the formula one where they spend billions of dollars um to sponsor the Formula One racing. So it is not nothing new in uh, in any sport. Um, But one of the things I would be very clear is that when the uh, Live Golf Tour was uh, born, uh, the PGA commissioner um, did go out on the airwaves and I'm sure that you can go and find it out um, that this was a lot about sports washing. and i don't want to get more into that at this point but uh, it all came down to money uh the PGA was losing a lot of players uh, a lot of very important players as a matter of fact we just saw uh, that kepka just won a major um and uh, we have a, another us open coming up um i believe next week yep. um, so uh, while they're all going to play this is this is going to linger uh during the entire tournament. Yeah. Um, and Rory McElroy was asked today about what happened and he kind of resigned to the fate. Uh, he thinks this would um, improve the game of golf because there is more money coming into the game of golf, which means that uh, the player, the current PGA players will get some money. I don't know what that would be. Are they going to unionize? I have no idea. A lot of things are yet yet to be determined. So let's see what this happens. If they did say that this is going to improve the game of golf, maybe it's in the the prize money because they do have a lot of money and that may be good for the players. But right now, as of now, the players feel betrayed. Um, there there was something I saw in the news that 90% of the players are not too happy about how this whole deal went down. Like you mentioned, this was definitely done behind their backs and, um, and they have to deal with it. And I think Monahan has to uh, go on airwaves and defend this. I mean, I, I still remember that he went uh, on TV with Jim Nance and uh, made a big stink about the whole LA live golf. But here's where I see the winners and losers, right? The winners were definitely the players that left the PGA. They got big, big prize sums. They still got to play in all the major tournaments, number one. Um, number two... Um, I would say the PIF. They they get to earn now. They 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 get to uh, come in and invest in another sport. Um, the losers at this point of time, you would think, would be the fans. But I do think that over the period of time, with more money coming into golf, I think things would be forgotten. Um, you know, this would be like a little bit of a blur. So this is what I think about it. And uh, any any other thoughts that you have? On this matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think the fans are going to lose. I think I mean, I think it's going to work out great for us in the long term, getting to see guys like Kepka and DJ and Chishambo playing once again. I mean, to be honest, I really didn't miss them that much. I still got to see them at the majors. Um, I think the the big tournaments, the way the PGA changed things this year, they made what's called elevated events where they, you know, the travelers, the memorial, the um, you know, the players championship, those events are all elevated with much higher purses and it required, uh, it was mandatory for the top players on the tour to play in these events. So, you know, in the years past, you would see a lot of players take, uh, you know, you get maybe five or six or seven marquee names at the bigger tournaments because, you know, guys have schedules where they only play, you know, once or twice a month at non-majors, but they were required to play at these big events. So even though we didn't have DeChambeau or Kepco, we still had, you know, all the top players, Morikawa, Scheffler, Rom, um, you name it, uh, you know, Zalatoris, all uh, those guys, they were all there at the big events. So I still, I i did not miss most of these big names to be honest. But, you know, it's, it's going to be great to see more big names at these events. Um, I don't think the fans will suffer. I just, I think the losers are, um, I mean, you could say Some of the big-name guys who turned down the big money, the Justin Thomases, Jordan Spieths, uh, Zalatoris, John Rahm, they probably could have cashed out to the tune of $200 million also and then come back a year later. Um, I mean, those guys... I they still have generational wealth from all their endorsements over the years. They're going to be fine, obviously, Um, although I do feel bad for the you know, for them still a little bit because he's up the, the other guys, uh, the De Capco's, DeChambeau's. They all got a one hundred million dollars. Now they can just kind of wave it in their face and come on back to the tour. Um, but it's more of the guys who are more of the journeymen or like the kind of the maybe guys who are ranked, you know, around 50, 60 in the world who they probably could have got, you know, million signing bonuses by going to the live tour. They turned down that money and, you know, now they're just back to their kind of journeyman status once again on the PGA, having to make cuts and all that to, to, you know, to make, make a living. So that's, that's, I think the losers are more of we'll call it the, middle-class crust of the PGA tour, as opposed to the, you know, the Spieths and Thomases who have, you know, generational wealth already from all their endorsements and all that, I would say. So, um, and then touching on the money, I think, yeah, I think the PGA, what I heard also was they were forced into making this deal, Monaghan, because number one, from the, uh, those elevated events with those huge purses, I think it was $20 million purses with $4 million to the winner um the pga i think was going to be in some financial trouble he was afraid i think going forward and then number two there was a legal aspect a lot of lawsuits i think between the pga and the live were going on and right. they were worried about a just paying all those lawyer- legal fees going forward and b i think there were some secrets they said that were going to come out of the pga or some you know some stuff that he didn't want to be known publicly i don't know no one knows what that is but he was afraid that if they dug too deep some stuff was going to come out that would not um, look would not make the pga tour shine um so that's that's what i think motivated i like you said money and i think the pga tour was struggling with those elevated purses he was he was worried about that the long-term sustainability of it so that's kind yep. of my kind of my two cents no
0: it. excellent excellent point there uh dan and there's one more thing which i think i want to add before we uh end this podcast because there is still a lot of more questions than answers that's going to come out and I think we are just reacting to this just two days uh, literally uh, from the announcement of this merger so there's more to come. Uh, one other thing that I did hear was that and you you alluded to this about the, the lawsuits uh, there is still a pending Justice Department investigation going on of the PGA yep. and from what I just read about it, that's not going to stop. So while this, everyone seems to say, yep, let's put this behind, let's move forward. This is the right thing for golf. Um, And, you know, the the golf is going to get better because I think this is going to be also uh, run by a profit thing. Uh, There's a separate nonprofit part of the PGA. There's a for-profit thing. I don't know what that actually means because they've not really flushed out the details. But depending... Justice Department investigation, that cannot be forgotten. And I don't know what that will entail. So more to come, I would say. Uh, the one thing I do want to mention is that while we heard from Rory, I don't think we heard from Tiger because I know Tiger was part of the earlier, like PGA was uh, having both Rory and Tiger uh, you know, be the face of, the PGA Tour when this crisis was going on with Live Tour, So that's also another um, interesting thing that I've not heard anything from Tiger at this point. Um, yeah. So l- let's see where this goes. Like I said, we're, we're only 48 hours uh, removed from this merger. Um, uh, more details will come out in the next few days and that'll give us an opportunity to react to it. And in the meanwhile, I know Dan, we do have the U.S. Open coming, so uh, there will be a U.S. Open preview uh, that uh, we will do uh, for the audience as well. So, for now, as I said, money talks, and I don't know what I want to call this podcast. Maybe call it "Out of Bounds." For maybe, maybe, maybe some suggestions there, Dan.
1: Yeah, I'll have to rack my brain over that <laughs> over that one. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, um, maybe just call it money, money, money. You know. That's, yes. Yes. That's the money theme. It all comes down to the uh, the Benjamin, as they say. You know. So. Uh, um, right. You know, money, money, money. Yeah. So that's all is, right. I would caption it if I had to. Uh, if I had to give you an answer on the spot.
0: All right, that's good. So with that, I think uh, we we'll call it a wrap, and then we'll come back with. Uh, Uh, the French Open analysis, and then we'll get to the U.S. Open. So there's more podcasts to come here. All right. Thank you so much, Dan, for your time. And have a good night. Good night. Good night.